Locked on Boomer in the morning. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour three of the program on a, I almost said Monday, a Tuesday. It's kind of feel like Even better. It's kind of feel like a man. That'll work for you, hey? Take uh, it? Yeah, I'll do it. Sweet. Flames Oilers, game four tonight up in Edmonton. What are you, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Listen, it's not, it's not easy. Dude. I thought it would be easy. No, it's not. No, today's code word coming up between now and 9 o'clock. Oh. And you can potentially win tickets to Game 5, which is going to happen. Here in Calgary. In Calgary uh, in a couple days from now. And so the code word, it'll be our I can't word tell you. that I can't people tell will you text in and you'll win tickets. What the code word is. But I'll tell you at some point that I can't give it away. It's going to be a surprise. It'll come right out of a, you know what will happen? Dumas will just play the thing, yeah, 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 and it'll be like, "Whoop, what's happening?" And then, uh, and then I'll read, I'll say the word out loud, and then you got to text it in say along with your name, the word, yeah. So be uh, be around your radio or your internet thing. You're gonna be a little Whatever. slower on the internet thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll okay. give you time. We're, we'll give you time. We're not worried about first because I don't worried about getting it right because I don't think they'll be making the draw until what's today? Tuesday, Thursday, midday, somewhere in there. Thursday's game five. Yeah. You're going to want to have it done before then. Just a little hot tip. A little but there will be another free code tip word. for our marketing people. One code word today, another one tomorrow, oh, and then right. there will be another one on Thursday. Huh. Keep you listening. Okay. Now, again, I don't know if you need all three or if just one. Or It's really hard to, hard to figure. Adnan Burke coming up later on this hour. Mm. The uh, So hearing from, uh, from Sarah Valley there, the... How do you... What do you do to stop McDavid? I was looking. I wanted to get a go back in time and because right now it feels like Connor McDavid greatest player that's ever lived how do you stop him? what's gonna how could you how do you possibly do and I think probably after three games last round for the Oilers it felt similar for the LA Kings they yep one game one game two Kings were blown out six nothing doors blown off game three two then eight two oh. in game three so you would Goosh. And do the math, right? You've been absolutely destroyed in back-to-back games. You have to feel like, how are we ever going to, what are we ever going to, they then shut out the Oilers for nothing, for nothing in yeah. game four. It's it's the one thing that, it, not necessarily cling to, but if you're a Flames fan and you're wondering how is this going to change, that it just does. Yeah, and, and I guess the, the positive takeaway is that the game that will be played tonight probably won't look anything like the last one played because not a lot of games have looked like the game played before them. I don't know that there will be any roster changes. I think the personnel on both sides is probably going to be identical. Well, Daryl said you need 15 forwards. He's got three waiting, if that's the case. Well, he's 12. Is that what he said? He's like, you need 15 forwards yeah, to play. Yeah. Now he's running through D a little better. But I was uh, on the old social media there, and I was it was the Flames account, and I was kind of going through the photos there, and they were showing them getting on the plane or whatever. Mm. I was like, who, who is that guy? Carpy? Oh, that's Carpenter, right. Yeah. Kind of forgot, forgot all about him. Not that I'm saying 
they're a carpenter away from turning this thing around necessarily, but he is one of those kind of forgotten no, guys. No, and it's less there. about one guy that's going to change the series so much as like, is are there some changes you'd like to make? Are there some tweaks? We've seen them mess around with the, the second and third pair moving guys around. I mean, they're clearly, you're looking for something to give you a little spark or change vibes or give you a little momentum. Kristanov healthy was probably the one you want. I don't think you're getting it. No, and is it's upper, upper body? Is it a shoulder? What is it? Separate, bro? Don't, hey, uh, you're not going to hear it till it's done. It doesn't matter what it is at this point. What matters is that he can't, he can't go, go, and that guy will play through everything. Plays a ton, is on your penalty kill, and is probably your best defensive defenseman. Now, Without question, you're about the best defensive the, defenseman. The one thing that you do have going, which is kind of scary if you're a Flames fan on the other side, is that this hasn't been a series where if you can just stay out of the box, you're going to beat the Oilers. You've, Their power play has been meh. More you, or less. You noted it earlier. What, one for 14? One for 14 Jeez. so far with the man advantage. Calgary, two for 12. So Didn't I would, not have, I would not have guessed that would, be, that would be the case there. Everyone's just going to have to be a little bit better. It's like we talked about in the Dallas series. Even though you were playing well and not winning, you're not playing particularly well here, at least based on game three. Everybody's going to have to be a little bit better. Your goalie, your pairings, whoever you're playing with, all the lines, your depth, the depth of this team is going to have to come through, and so too the top line. It's been a lot of time talking about Dreisaitl, Kane, McDavid. That's their mm-hmm. guns. It's been, a, it's been a while now, and that's that's what it is to be a top-line player. It was not that long ago everybody was jumping around as Johnny scored the OT winner in Game 7, but it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. And if you're going to come out of this, you feel like those three, Lindholm, Kachuk, and, and Gaudreau, are going to have to be a part of it here. Mm-hmm. No question. Yeah, the, the guys, the five players they need to be better are the skaters on the ice when McDavid is. Just those guys. They've loaded all the eggs into one line for the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, Hyman's been good. Nugent Hopkins is a useful player, but let's be honest. Um, it, you sh- you really haven't given up a ton when McDavid's been off the ice. Hyman's had some run, but over three games, that's it. And the thing with Markstrom, the goals that have gone in, certainly in game number three, like backdoor tap-ins, the... There were, there were, I don't know if there was much that Markstrom could do there. And Sarah Valley said last segment, it could have could have been two or three easy on top of that that came from the first period because even there was a couple. There was the one, the Kane, I think it was Kane goes off of the post and stays out. The Kulak shot kind of goes through Markstrom, dribbles to the post. It stays out. He makes another great save as McDavid cuts to the middle on, on Good Branson. It gets a shot away and he takes it in the bread basket and hangs on. So it could have been a lot more uh, gaudy than the 4-1. But 5-on-5 is where you want it to be, and I don't feel like this is just a Oilers getting last change type of a thing. 5-on-5, it's still, Oilers have outscored the Flames 13-10. 13 goals, 5-on-5 in three games is too many, and you would think there'd be more success offensively for the Flames than the Oilers. It's both... You're kind of squinting to see where where does this change? Well, aside from uh, how, where where do you get the momentum to swing? Because your goalie was really good in the first, mm-hmm. but you were you were outshot three to one, and it's not a power play thing where if you could just stop taking penalties, stay out of the box. I don't think it's that. It feels like it's it's a lot of a McDavid thing, and that becomes troublesome, even though. In the L.A. series, he was not putting up 
two, three points a game. What is he on now? Six straight multi-point. It's it's a, it's a lot, regardless. Um, but it's but it's it it becomes a little bit of a fearful fearful kind of a when when your recipe for success is stopping McDavid at a time when he seems nearly unstoppable. Mm. It stops probably even just too aggressive. If you held that line to two goals, you feel like you probably win the game, no? Not four. Mm. <laughs> um, but he's in video game mode right now. You watch the goalie scores in game two. That it allows them, I think it was to get it to 3-2 before the end of the first period, if I'm correct. You might have the game sheet in front of you. And it's like, oh boy, this is not over yet. Another early lead that doesn't feel like much of a lead anymore. I mean, he's just dancing through guys, around people, through contact, embarrassing netminders that are very good at their craft. Um, you have to be much better in terms of not allowing odd man rushes and quality chances against, but you can't expect you're just he's going to be goose eggs for the next two, three. He's going to get his. You just hope that no one else, no other lines are, and that when he's not on the ice, that's more than half the game. You better be dominating that other half of the game. The one going back to uh, game two in Calgary, Stone scores, then Richie on the tap in on the top of the uh, top of the crease. The Duncan Keith goal that makes it a 2-1 game where McDavid has one hand on his stick, his the other hand holding off Rasmus Anderson and, and basically holding his stick. So he's got two sticks in his hand and then a one-hand shovel pass. A one-handed shovel pass to Keith who puts it, again, off a, off a body and in. I don't know. It gets by uh, one way or the other. But he's doing some things right now that are hard. And to say that he's in their head, I can't tell you that. But he'd be in mine right uh, now. I mean, I don't know what. All they did post game was talk about one player. I mean, is it in your head, or are you being realistic, or is this just how good he is right now? I mean, call it what you want. He's been dominant. When he's on the ice, this series ain't close. So be better. That's that's the message from uh, from where we sit. Be better and take advantage when he's not on the ice. Be better. Not you, McDavid. You don't need to be any better. Yeah, you, you, please. If, if that's your ceiling, that'd be great. Quite strong yeah. already. Lower that down, please. Do you want to hit that? Uh, do you want to do that thing there? Yeah, baby! Yeah, baby! Yeah, baby! Do you want to sit lower bowl at the Saddle Dome to see your Calgary Flames? Here's your Flames playoff code word. 1991. Sorry, which word is it? You text in the code word of the day to 96960. There will be another code word tomorrow and another one the day after. Our promotion staff will weed through all the correct answers, select one, and contact you on game day and have you with lower bowl seats to game five between the Oilers and Flames. That's how that goes. Okay. There it is. Uh, we didn't really talk a whole lot about anything else that's going on. I, I mean, there's we've talked a lot about this Oilers and Flames. They, they, you just gotta you go out there and you be better tonight. And it's hard if if you feel like it's a huge task. Well, yeah, it's game three was not a fun one to watch, but they played very poorly. They made life really easy for the Edmonton Oilers. That you don't see, regardless of who's in or out of the lineup, a, as a five-man unit. Oh man, rushes. They Ooh. don't get sautéed like that. Where Kane, you scored three in six minutes. 
but he's allowed to skate freely to the net, tap-ins, nice moves to the backhand, all of that. But in addition to the goals that went in, there were a number of big saves that were made by Markstrom. Hyman's had a good series, <laughs> and he could probably have two or three more just on breakaways where he broke loose and cut in and was in alone on Markstrom, and a save was made. As a five-man unit, they got to tighten things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Utah, well, you know, further on the on the Florida thing, we, the Florida Panthers are done. That is, they have one first rounder and one second rounder in the next three years combined. They, they people that weren't maybe paying close enough attention, they, they went full push chips in mode, and the Uberdo extensions a year away, and, and it, like there's some other guys coming up that are you know not crucial, but some there's some guys that like, and look. Sergey Bobrovsky makes $10 million a year. He's going to have to show it at some point in He Florida. was not bad in this series. No, but he hasn't been. When you're paying a guy $10 million, what do you expect? Yep. I expect a top three net minor league. He has not been there at any point since he I got knew, to Florida. I knew you were going to say it, but if, if the games that were played here, he was tremendous. He made huge saves. The Lightning were all over uh, Yeah, and I'm not he specifically talking about this series. Where does this franchise move forward? They're not getting enough from a $10 million goalie over the course of since he's been there. Well, what, what, but you're going to need, what, 15 shutouts a year. How, how do you no, justify I mean, 10 million? Well, this Who's is my point. So no when goalie's you, worth when, 10 million. When you do that days after you draft Spencer Knight, and I know that management team isn't there anymore, but like, that's not something that's good to have a theoretical number one on the way and the guy that's not earning his $10 million that's locked in for another five years. But that's rearview mirror. There's nothing no, no, that you can do what, about that now. What I'm saying is they're going to have to, they don't have picks. They've got some interesting roster issues coming up. Big picture. Not the last 10 days. Can you live with both those goalies, or do you turn one into other assets? Because you could get some things for Spencer Knight, I imagine. Didn't have a great year, but maybe that's a way to get some picks back or add some assets. Like I just think they're going to have to get creative because this was a really great opportunity for them financially this year, and now it's, it's going to get harder, not easier. And you go back to the deadline, and... They go and get Claude Giroux. Giroux picks Florida over some other teams. Mm-hmm. And they go and pay up for, for Ben Sherratt, who is now a UFA. They were all in. And it felt like they should be all in. And you applauded them for doing it. And this is one of those things where it's just give it some time. When we announce on trade deadline day, who won trade deadline day? Well, maybe was it the Florida Panthers? Well, maybe it was the Florida Panthers. I don't remember. But right now it looks like you gave up a lot. To they get two really good players, but to here win, they are to win four games. And they did they ever look right against Washington? Like we didn't sit down and watch all that series, but it just every time you checked in, they were trailing Washington and like by the the skin of their teeth, hanging on and clawing back in. Like they never looked like the Panthers in the playoffs. No, they never did. They, and we've we talked about it plenty on this show that goalpost in regulation. They then mm-hmm. score late, get it to overtime, and win. They were lucky to extend that series. Now. It's it, you, it's, you, it's a cruel business in that way, right? Like you you talk about deadline winners and losers. Like what have you got production wise from Toffoli and Yarncroke through ten playoff games? That's not been a lot. No, and it doesn't mean they haven't. They're not bad trades, but it's just you're going to get judged on a three week window rather than like the six months that Toffoli's here on that deal. Now he's got two more years left, but it's like it's it's a cruel game because there's only one cup. And all these teams, like 10 to 12, will add guys to the deadline. They're good players you're adding. The price is probably pretty expensive, but only two are going to play for the Cup. Only four get to the semifinals. Only one 
can say we're the best. Here's the cup. Yeah, Verhage has a raise that goes up three million per year next year. Ma- Mason Marchment's up. He had a really sneaky good year. There's, I think there's one more more year left on Hornquist at a pretty large tag. Five three. The buyout on Yandel gets really expensive next year. Barkov goes from five point nine to ten, as we mentioned. Like it's it's, it's, a, the, it's a it's a tougher year to do business. And you have to be looking at it a lot like what the Flames are doing. Who what does this offseason look like knowing that Jonathan Huberto's five point nine, if you're keeping him That's probably gotta be at least Barkov's number. Is gonna if be he's doing a 10. favor, it's gonna be Barkov's number. And you know, they they brought that Maxim Mamim over. He had a really good year. He's UFA. He's ready to walk. Like there's, they're gonna have to backfill with entry level guys. I wonder if it does cost Andrew Brunette a chance to coach that team. Frank makes a good point. That probably wasn't the guy that Bill Zito would say, "Let's go." It was, you know, he brought in Quenville, and especially hmm. when you see what happened in the playoffs, where their their power play was ice cold. And they went 0 for 3 in, yeah, and in a so must-win. Is it the coach's fault? Did they not change? Did they over-tweak? I mean, he's not out there ripping clappers. It's a tough spot. And then Frank sort of says, yeah, he's worked at upper management more than coaching. Maybe he wants to do that. Like, If you're Barry Trotz, is that not one of the more appetizing situations to go to, give that team a little more defensive structure? Like, I understand he's talking to, to Winnipeg, and it sounds like Vegas was going to have a conversation with him. Like he is going to make decisions a lot more difficult for teams being available because you might have been okay with Andrew Burnett, even if they lose in six or seven. But you cannot tell me he's a better coach than Barry Trotz. He just isn't. No. One for thirty-one on the power play, three goals in four games. That's it's hard for that not to fall on coaching. When it comes and, and and you know what they did, they tried different looks. They put different guys, five forwards on the power play. They moved guys around. They tried everything, and they got one power play goal through uh, through two rounds. On the other side, the Tampa Bay Lightning, as Ric Flair will tell you, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And to this point, no one has been able to beat the man. The Lightning looked formidable in this series. How do you bet against the Lightning? I'm sorry. I mean, pr- point was going to be a big departure for this series. <laughs> who knows how long Carolina, New York goes and the severity of points injury. We're not going to get that info now, but if he can somehow get back with this group and everyone else gets to heal up while potentially the, their next opponent has a long series, like let's say New York wins tonight, but they've got the guy that is probably the best goalie in the league. Maybe not the best season this year, but if you have a game, you've got to win. Who do you go to more than Vasilevsky after what you've seen the last three playoffs? You can't debate the numbers anymore. When it comes to money goaltending, guys showing up when you need to win, what do you do? Started the 2020, he's under a goal a game. Mm -hmm. In games that matter most, which is clinching a series and moving on or lifting the mug. And then what was it, 16-0 after losses? Something crazy like that? Like he's been, been, if they lose, he's going to be almost unbeatable the next night. Kucherov looked amazing in game three. Some of the moves that he's making and some of the plays. Great this series. A goal and three helpers in game three after setting up that game winner in game two to Colton with, what, a second left. Corey Perry, five goals in, uh, I guess it's now 11 games after that. Unbelievable. Maroon gets the game winner. He's got three cups in a row. This could be four for him. He was in St. Louis before he went to Tampa and won there too. Palat, Sorelli, Kalorn, Colton, Perry, Maroon. Stamkos, Kucherov, no point. And then on the back end, Ryan McDonough is kind of sneaky quiet 
Hedman gets a lot of it because he's on that power play and he's so big and all and with with good reason. He's stud. But McDonough is a calming influence back there. And oddly again, Zach Bogosian, just a quiet Sergeant steady Chev, guy. Good little player there. Remember the the one for one deal with Duran? Dan it was like, Oh boy, what are they gonna do with Duran? That's how are you gonna trade this guy for value? Oh, well, they did all right. So who do you want? To play the light, I guess it depends what you want out of the well, lightning. Well, I was going to say, do you want the lightning, lightning to be challenged? Or do you want the lightning to roll to a, a, a dynasty in the cup in the cap era, which you've never seen? It may not matter because it might not. at the end of the day. But I, in terms of the best series. Carolina gives them a better fight. The Rangers could maybe have the better goalie. That's the only thing. And I just said that Vasilevsky is the best money goalie ever. The best season we've seen in the last decade in the NHL is the one that Shesterkin had this year. The gap between him and the second best goalie was as big as Hasek the year he won the Hearts, around that level. Like it was a spectacular season for Shesterkin. I still would pick Vasilevsky because it's the larger sample. Last three, four years, he's just been unbelievable. But just if there is a goalie that could be better than him for two weeks, it might be Shesterkin, his fellow countryman. You go back to last round, Shesterkin was no good. Get pulled in back to back games. They get through, go to round two. Well, and he was good down the stretch in that series, right? And then. As far as Rant is concerned, game two pitches a shutout, had a shutout string of 127, almost 128 minutes going until he gets scored on in game three. But they are perfect at home and winless on the road. 6-0 at home, 0-4 on the road, and maybe it is Ranta in there. At home, 5-0, and a .97, and a 9.68 save percentage. On the road, 0-3, a 3.44, and an 8.91. So, Hall of Fame numbers at home, hmm. AHL, AHL backup at best on the road. And no peep about Freddie Anderson or where he might be or anything. Hasn't been a problem for them, but to your point, they just haven't been able to play their best hockey when they're not in Raleigh. That's going to make for a long series if yeah. that trend continues. I feel like the Rangers, Lightning would be the sexier matchup it's certainly a big market and the two-time defending champs like in nhl offices they're rooting for that there's also a ton of star power on that rangers team when you think about panarin you think about adam fox just and net on and on it goes Kreider a 50 goal year i think carolina is the the better team the deeper team the one that can give tampa more problems that they were very low scoring tight affairs if i'm correct in last year's matchup they played in the playoffs but yeah, if you're if you're someone that's interested in TV ratings or revenue, New York is a whole lot better for the league than Carolina. That sizzle, hey, you like that sizzle? Like Zabanajad, a goal and an assist in the game three uh, victory. Here's last year's games against Carolina. It was a five game series win for Tampa in round two, but it, it it's not like what what it would sound like if I told you it was a five gamer. Two one, two one, three two in overtime, six four. Two nothing, so basically all of those are essentially one goal games, and there's some empty nets. Like Carolina's right there, one save away from whatever. I feel for Rod the Bod. Don't feel yet; he's up two one. Oh. He put win tonight. Rod the Bod's got a pretty good sized nail in that Rangers coffin. Oh yeah, I just want good things for Rod the Bod. I just Rod but, the Bod. I just don't know if I want his team to move. They're the better. They got the better defense. There's no question. I don't know about like you say with Shesterkin on one any given night. He's unbelievable. Had 35 saves in the first two periods. Jeez. 
in game three. But uh, Took that pay cut too, Ron. He didn't. Uh, he was offered more money on the market. Wanted to stay in Carolina. Well, you're doing favors for a billionaire, Rod. What, what are you doing, doing Rod? He's got lots of money. The bud. You know, he, just, he doesn't need an extra million he's, a year. Come on. He's too busy doing squats. Good shape. He's in great shape. Can the Flames sign him to like a, for tonight? Get him in. Get him into Edmonton. I know he's kind of busy, but boy, if they could use a rod right now. They really could. That's the kind of guy you need tonight. I'm going to put him. Sorry, Yarn Croak. We're going to have to move you out. Uh, what about out? Move you to the, move you to the wing. I, I can't even there. say it because you're going to say I'm beating up Brett Ritchie. I'm just saying Rod the Bod's a good player. Oh, no. Rod's a centerman. I've taken Richie out. Richie's red hot. You just slide Lewis to the wing. Why do you hate Brett Richie? See, this is, I can't even Jeez. put Rod the Bod in the lineup. All the guys doing is banging bodies and scoring goals, showing up every game. Two goals in the series. Was he lead the Flames? Oof. <laughs> and you want to take him out. <laughs> what am I thinking? Adnan Verk coming up, Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Rolling through your uh, your game day. Game day sponsor, Country Hills Toyota. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Country Hills Toyota, ask about the lifetime oil and filter offer. Plus, get zero down, no payments until October 2022 OAC. All right. Red tag days at the giant Country Hills Toyota. Yoda. Speaking of giants, sorry, MLB, NHL, oh, yeah. Cinephile I'm Insider. A pillar of sports entertainment media. Yeah. Adnan Verk joins us. Good morning, Adnan. How are Titan. you? Titan. Uh, good morning, Boom. Pinder using giant in an ironic sense, because since I'm anything but at a uh, at a five foot eight stature. But great to be with you guys. Listen, I'm sure people are upset and unruly, but the Flames got this. They are going to win this game. They're going to have a best of three, and Calgary still wins in six. Let's go. In oh, six. Wow. six. Well, I hope the okay, Oilers have been... right. Now, that's, that's, that's aggressive. Calgary wins in seven. All How right. about that? Puff, Please. puff, pass. All right, Edna. We like what you got. I was going to say, I hope the Oilers enjoyed their last win of the series then. That's uh, unfortunate <laughs> for their fans to have to sit through a couple of okay losses coming fine. up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's... Plenty of hockey left. Could you imagine a worse plight right now than to be a Florida Panthers fan? The two series, fellas, we kept saying Battle of Alberta and the Sunshine State Showdown. A year ago, the Panthers pushed the Lightning to six, and this year win the President's Trophy. They get my manager root. So, you know, I'm cheering for them. I'm like, I want to see this great flyer win a ring. And they can't average more than a goal a game, and they get shut out in a clinching game. I know Vasilevsky was unbelievable, and they actually stepped up in game four. But what a putrid, putrid result. Awful. Yeah, it's a, we were talking about it last segment. It's hard to wrap your head around, and they've now... <sighs> We overreact, obviously. We overreact how good they're going to be when they add guys at the deadline and then how bad they are now. Look, they're not going to have uh, – how are you going to keep this guy? Are you got you to pay this guy. I don't think they're falling off the, the table by any means, but this really – this lined up as a pretty good opportunity for them because I can't see Drew staying and Sherratt's going to go. they got to start paying uh, Barkov, who you're happy to do, but his raise kicks in. So uh, it's pro sports. It's very un, uh, unforgiving sometimes, Adnan. Very unforgiving. No question. And the fact that, listen, it's your first playoff series victory in 26 years. You go, oh, my God, what, we finally got the monkey off our back. What a great uh, boulder that has now been removed. But then you just get embarrassed. Like you get swept against your in-state rivals. Like, that is just, I mean, that is, this is truly the glass half full, half empty. Because the half full fan goes, hey, you know what? 
I'm, I'm 32 years old. I've never seen this team. I was six years old the last time they did anything. And I finally seen them win a playoff series. But the true fan says, you had a golden opportunity to do damage. You squeaked by in that first round. That felt more yep. precarious, a six-game series win, than one might have anticipated. Totally. And then you got embarrassed against the light. And it's this tournament, it's crazy. I mean, you're a weird interference call away from the Leafs from maybe, boy, the Lightning, That's uh, there's the end of the dynasty, and they paid, sure paid up a lot for Brandon Hagel. And on the other sure, side, yeah. it was the post for the, the Capitals with Hathaway and could have gone up big in that series. Like, th- this tournament, it, it, the, the margins are so tiny. No doubt, Ryan. And, and it's interesting. When you look at this Lightning team, it makes you think of the NBA playoffs as well. Everyone coming in goes, hey, Lightning and Warriors, they've had their day. It's changing the guard. And now I don't know anybody who would bet against the Lightning or the Warriors. Like The Lightning just dusted off the President's Trophy winning team. No one's betting against them. And the Warriors are 3-0 in their series and just squeezed the life of the Mavericks after coming back from a 19-point deficit. So same old, same old. But, but say this to the Lightning, 10 straight Series 1. No one's done that since the Islanders of the 80s. That was an amazing stat to me because, of course, there was less series played back in the day. So you look at these, you know, Habs dynasty in the 70s or 60s. Well, well, they weren't playing that long these series these guys do today. And I know it's a different brand of hockey. We can't, you know, equate everything equally. But 10 straight playoff series for Tampa? Remarkable. So you're saying it's harder to win the Cup now than when there was five other teams in the league? <laughs> I, I'd, agree. I'd agree now that I think about it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have buddies who are Habs fans, and what they used to always throw in my face is to go, hey, we're the only team that's won a Stanley Cup in every decade. Right? They, would, they would say this in 1999. And I was like, okay, that, that is actually accurate. But, but how many teams were there? Are you kidding? 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s? That's what you're hanging your hat on? Like, oh, I'm just saying, Habs have won a Cup every decade. You can look it up. I don't know how they did it with those territorial rights in Quebec. Such hard times to fight yeah, through. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You know, Verk, you know why I like you, among other things? I, uh, you're a very likable guy. You're very easygoing. People enjoy your charm and your, your laissez-faire attitude. But what I know about you <laughs> is that you are, uh, you're very opinionated. Uh, and we've seen, yeah. it, we've seen it pop up every once in a while on the show. And I saw it again on your, on your social media. Now, it was more somebody else, but you, you quote-tweeted and you backed up this person. The notion was that regular cake... Is trash, ice cream, ice cream cake all the way. Now you're supporting this outlandish. Uh, well, uh, before we say outlandish, this highly controversial yeah. take that uh, cake is no good and it's got to be ice cream cake. Explain yourself. First off, you know me better than anybody because that is a very accurate psychological profile. Less a fair attitude, likable and easygoing, but definitely some bite. There's definitely a scorpion that resides within this teddy bear persona of mine, and. It particularly was brought to surface like a volcano bubbling up with this conversation about cake. Every time I see my dad and my mom, and my dad will go, like, you know, they get goodies for me and the kids. Yeah. They'll come back and bring pound cake. Like, what's going on here? He's like, oh, yeah, I picked up some cake for you. I'm like, what, what? No, like that. Real simple. Present choice, decadent cookies, and ice cream. And, and trust me, I miss maple walnut. It's a very Canadian delicacy. I'll take all the maple walnut you got. But he loves just constant cake. Like his birthday, like, oh, Black Forest cake. I'm like, what? Like, no, ice cream cake. That's it. That's all we do now. My kids, it's my son Yusuf's 14th birthday today. He has no interest in any sort of regular cake. It was frosting, all that nonsense. No, ice cream cake. That's it. All these guys want is ice cream cake. My birthday, same thing. Oreo, mint chocolate, whatever you got. Reese's, Smarties, all good. But it's, it's the same concept. Ice cream cake. Regular cake 
has been obliterated by ice cream cake. It's irrelevant. It's unnecessary. It's, it's, it's out of date, and I'm tired of it. Now, now, you know, you can have ice cream with your regular cake, and I think maybe you're just having, like, pound cake. You use that to sop up spilt motor oil at the shop. Like, that's not for eating. That's too dense. Have yourself Jeez. a nice, light, enjoyable cake, and then have the ice cream with it. It's the best of both worlds. Um, perhaps there's something to it, Boomer. I will only push to this extent. I will admit ice cream and apple pie is fantastic. Mm. Like that is about as old school as it gets. Apple pie, vanilla ice cream, I'm in on. I like the concept of taking a bite of that warm apple pie and then getting that cold French vanilla ice cream. I'll give you that. But I don't want to get a piece of cake and a piece of ice cream. I'll just get ice cream cake. This is why this invention was created, so that it would eliminate the middleman. You just have one rather than two. But I'm going to break something to you. Uh, are, are, oh. you are you sitting down? I am. Ice cream cake isn't really cake. It's just a block of ice cream that you're cutting into cake-shaped oh. pieces. No. I, I, no, a, come on. Don't, don't say that to it's me. A, it, well. it's, a, it's a chunk of ice cream. What about that crumbly stuff on the bottom? That's not an ice yeah. cream. It's still ice cream. Is that like a layer of a cake? I don't know. I like that pender. I'm going to go with a layer. It's not true cake, fine, boom, but it's got, it's layered. It's layered ice cream. Or one might say ice cream cake. Or, yeah, hmm. block of ice cream. What about, what about Rice Krispie cake? Is that Rice Krispie cake? Only if you have the circle and its that, triangles. Do you yeah. have that for, uh, <laughs> for birthday parties? Yeah, only if it's like using the circle and the triangle. Otherwise, yeah. not a Now, is it, is it a thing? Maybe you need to talk to, uh, to your mom about the cakes you've been fed. Because oh. this feels like maybe you've been fed some subpar cakes over your life. That is a totally fair point. Because I'll tell you, up until the age of 19... I thought steak was incredibly overrated. When people would tell me their favorite <laughs> meal, like they're going, to, they're going to get murdered, they'd say, oh, I love uh, steak and mashed potatoes and yeah. peas. God, that sounds horrific. I used to have that for my mom every Sunday. It's awful. And then I went to like the keg, and I said, oh, my God, this is incredible. I, I, now I figured it out. My mom would overcook that steak. Like it's that line from Raging Bull. When De Niro's Giacomano says, you overcook it, it defeats its own purpose. That was like my mom. There's only one way to cook a steak, and that was well done. Oh, like she would just beat the crap out of that thing. That's and then I realized, oh, it's supposed to be medium or medium rare. Like, it's just the juice going. So that is a to- – listen, my mom is a great cook, but it is a totally fair point to argue that the cake selection may have been awry. Now, don't tell her I said anything. I don't want to – you know, I don't want to get everybody all <laughs> fired up about things. But I uh, – because we've, uh, we've had the conversation here as well about cake versus ice cream cake or just even cake versus pie – uh, there was a guy that yeah. used to used to work here. Would sit to my left. He would absolutely take pie over cake. I would do that too. every yeah. single day of the week. No sweat. And I'll tell you. Yeah, what no, it's only going to be apple pie and with ice cream. Like, it was just a, just just a crumb cake and and just you know maybe coconut cream pie. You might sway me on that. I do remember McCain's coconut cream pie. I definitely enjoyed that delicacy. And see, I feel like a cream pie is just pudding in a shell. I, that, that you're having chocolate pudding or <sighs> this has been very tough for Dean. <laughs> I'm just no. It's not tough for me. I'm just opening your eyes to it. I'm good with all of it. I can eat cake. I can eat ice cream cake. Whatever. But it's, I'll have a chocolate uh, or banana cream pie. It's kind of banana yeah. pudding with whipped cream on top of it and some uh, some crushed graham crackers. Just just letting you know. I don't. Sorry. What about key lime? I used to think I was a big key lime pie guy because I love Hemingway. Yeah. So Hemingway was a big key lime pie guy. So you know, what? I'm gonna get the key lime pie because I love Hemingway. And then I had it. That sucker is so tart. Oh, yeah. like you got to make sure you have some ice cream with that. Otherwise, that, that, that tart is out of this world. Is that tart is. Tart. 
It's very dark. It's puckery. Yeah, he would make you pucker. Uh, anything uh, Anything else you want to talk to? I feel like... Well, uh, I, I'd like to ask you your thoughts on Nazem Kadri. I thought Craig Berube missed a real opportunity to denounce some pretty reprehensible behavior from Blues fans towards Kadri. Uh, what was your takeaway? You've obviously got a little more... Um, I guess what? Like your life, you would have experienced racism. It, Boom and I don't walk in your shoes. We don't walk in Nazem Kadri's shoes. Yeah, 100% right. When, when Nazem first got called up, I was so thrilled. I'm like, wow, there's a Muslim hockey player. Like this is somebody that I've never seen before. Like that, And it's, it's so important in sports that representation matters. You hear so often kids say, oh, I dreamed of being this because of that. And I only interviewed Nazem a couple of times. So I'm like, hey, man, I just think it's so cool that you're here and I'm here. And like, it's very rare to see guys like us. He's like, yeah, I'm with you. And I remember interviewing Brian Burke at the time. He was like, oh, you've seen the Muslim population in Toronto. I'm excited. They have Nazi Kadri, et cetera, et cetera. So I remember when he first got called up, it was, hey, this guy's a really cool player, and he's got a great backstory. And then it was, a uh, good player. Babcock hates him. Kind of cheap, kind of dirty, a little feisty. Okay, Babcock hates him. They get rid of him. Oh, my God, he's actually a pretty good player. Avalanche like him. This year obviously blossoms. He's going to cash in with this gigantic contract. But there's always been this chippy, nasty side. So. First off, I don't think it was a dirty play by him, but I do recognize he certainly has a history of going above and beyond, whether it's the playoffs or the regular season. But I don't think in this case he did anything wrong. And then for the fans that come with that kind of vitriol, Ryan, it's just, it's disgusting. It, it really exposes the worst part of social media, right? Because people can just hide behind their computers and their basements and say there's just nasty stuff at him and his wife. And it's just disgusting. And I'm with you on Cheek. Ruby missed a great opportunity there. Look at how good my buddy Aaron Boone handled the Yankee situation. So this is his player. He's going to protect him, right, just so to speak. Otherwise, you know, what's the point of the manager? But he very carefully said, I believe J.D., I believe there was no uh, racial intent with him calling um, to Manderson Jackie. Having said that, we discussed the fact that's not a place you should go, period. Like that, 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 that's a father way of saying, hey, I don't think you meant ill will, but it wasn't a good choice, buddy, and don't do it again. All Craig Brewery had to say is, hey, Blues fans, if you don't like Nazem Kadri as a player, all good. But to take shots at him and his racial background, religion, faith, his wife, like that's disgusting. Knock it off. And I'm with you. He definitely missed a chance there. It's the you know, awful people. The internet is it's just it's it's not a good combo. You just get the worst people in the world saying the worst possible things. Yeah, and it makes me think, boom, like, were people always like this? Like, I'm trying to think, when we were growing up, were people still saying these things we just weren't aware, or is there more of it and there's more of it because of social media and there's more anonymity? I, I can't decide. I think there have always been nasty people in society. Like, I feel like there's more outlets now, maybe from the filter garbage out there. Well, somebody asking about cheesecake, but I don't know if we have time. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what I'm showing. I'm short yeah. on time. I call it something else. I do love cheesecake. You know what? I'm going to have to take a knee on this one. I, I, must, I must relinquish my position. Yeah. I will take a damn fine New York cheesecake. I might have any to. Any day Because, I mean, yeah. you bake it, right? I know you can have some no-bake cheesecake, but you're baking it. I, I'll have to. I'll take the week, and I'll get back to you uh, next, uh, next Tuesday, all right? And then we'll revisit this. We have to, that's an excellent debate for people, though. If you have a choice of one, your favorite ice cream cake or your favorite cheesecake, I do think that is a legit 1A, 1B argument. I might even go cheesecake. Good job by you, Adnan. Appreciate it, as always. Take care of yourself. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Do well. Talk to you next week. Take care. What about you? So what is it going to be? Ice cream cake, regular cake, pie? I don't like regular cake very much. You know what I do like is angel food, which is weird. My mom always made it for you know big why? birthdays. Light. Very light. I just feel like, it, and it's not like way too sweet. 
I just like most cakes are just too dense, too sweet. And I'm like, I'm not much of a sweet tooth. I'll take like a pickle pastrami and like mustard and like I'll take a charcuterie board ahead of a a cake 10 times out of 10. A lot of times it's chocolate cake and it's too too heavy and too sweet. So you get chocolate and then the icing on it. And that's the other thing. Icing, it's too sweet. I already have enough sugar in this cake. You're going to tell me you just put more sugar on top. Don't need it. How's it going on? How about with a you? cream cheese icing? How about a, whip, a little whip, whipped cream on top of a vanilla cake for you? She, take care of yourself. And I'll take all Adnan's uh, he, he, yeah, key you lime do. pies. He doesn't want those. I'll have them. Uh, it's dart. What you want to talk about brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Operate your locks with the touch of your phone. Upgrade to smart locks with Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Yes, sir. Nine sixty, nine sixty. Can we get back to hockey? Thank you for. Yeah, appreciate it. Only talked for about two hours and forty nine straight minutes. Even with Adnan, talked hockey the entire mm. way, and then took four minutes. That's all right. I mean, hey, yeah. that's how our guys I are wired. Sometimes can't get enough. Battle of Alberta, thirty one years. Pinder and I were right about not wishing for BOA. So mad at game one when morons were chanting for ten. Now the hockey gods are against us. We asked for it. I don't, they, they can still win this series. I don't I, think just, the fans chanting have anything to do with where the series is at. I understand. Agree. Understand. When I said we want the Battle of Alberta, it was not because that's the easier path to round three. Correct. It's because it's it was, epic as hell. It's epic. It's the it, and it is. It has been, and that's why you hate it. Is because. It means so much to you, and there's so many other people that love the Oilers in your life. And again, you're coming off a game where that was the worst game they played probably in the playoffs, right? So put yourself in the frame of mind. If the Flames win tonight, like there, there's there's a ton of moments potentially left in this series. A ton. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Same dude texting. And I just turned it on, and all I heard was cake. We're not all listening every freaking minute of the day. Well, maybe listen for more than a minute before you text in with your pissy attitude. Give it some time, dude. Grab the podcast. There's about three hours of hockey, 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 hockey. Did you just do maths in him? Is that what you just did? Why are you so pissy, texter? Hmm? Um, do, 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 do. Hmm? Welcome to a normal day on Twitter. Yeah, that's about right. It's awful. I'm sorry. Like there, there are screen grabs of the things that have been sent to Brew. us. It's I, absolutely awful. There is zero justification for any of that. I, I, I it's, it's deplorable, deplorable. The worst of society. Is Daryl getting out coached? No. If Daryl had McDavid, I think he'd be looking really smart right now. No, I mean, switch the rosters. Is Daryl losing the series? I, I don't think that's the case. I don't think Jay Woodcroft's some mastermind that would have the flames up 3-0 at this point. It's it's one of those things when you have one line that's that heavily laden with talent. You're going to look and say, well, how do you neutralize this? And if the lines are which which line? You know, if if you if you don't have last change and your Sutter, what line are you putting together to throw out there? And is it really going to be what are you going to do? I, I don't, I, I get some of it, right? You, when, when something is happening over and over again, all right, well, how do we address that? And you would think it would be, let's put together a line that you're going to try, but you don't. It's McDavid. It's McDavid and Dreisaitl on the same line. And I just, look, has, have, 
what can Daryl do to make Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk, and Elias Lindholm play better? I think they just need to be playing better. I don't think he needs to tell them it's a big game tonight and they need to play better. They all know that. That was the best line in the NHL all year by most, if not all, measures that people care about. 73 goals for 31 against an even strength. Incredible season. They got to be better. Daryl can't go and hold the stick for them. And Frank had the, the point earlier, and unfortunately it's true. Hmm? Unfortunately it's true that it's not all Markstrom, but at some point the numbers are what they are, and it's been a lot of pucks going in the net, and you can't win against Edmonton, I would suggest, in a goal-scoring contest. I'd agree. And I also think that you, if you go back through round one, and three games into a series, told you who you thought was going to win, there'd be a lot of series you'd be wrong about. You'd have watched two Toronto blowouts and thought, okay, this is the year Tampa's done. You'd see Washington in control of that series. You'd see Pittsburgh in control against the Rangers. You'd see LA up 2-1 on Edmonton. You'd see Dallas up 2-1 on Calgary. You'd see Minnesota up 2-1 on St. Louis. It doesn't mean the Oilers haven't been great, but this is not the time to tell us how the rest of it goes. Last round should have taught all of us that. Yeah, this is kind of how it has gone and can go. Remember, last round, the Oilers beat the Kings 6-0 and then 8-2 to take a 2-1 series lead. 8-2 in Game 3. And the Kings tightened the screws and won Game 4 4-0. You wouldn't have seen that coming. No. Which is it, not that if you're a flame, you're clinging to hope. But it's just that it's momentum is a, is a nearly impossible thing in the playoffs. Most of the teams that went to round two were down 2-1. Isn't that crazy? No, that's not to say that's going to happen every round. It's probably a statistical outlier, but what it means is don't overreact to three games of a best of seven. One team has to get to four wins. It's 2-1. Start Vladar? No, no, I settle down. Series is 2-1. You nailed it. Flames played a half their capability tonight. Series could be tied. Win Um, tonight. Look out. Boom, you're trying to make banana cream pie simple. All banana cream pies is banana-flavored pudding. Baked at 350 for 30 minutes on a graham cracker crust, allow to cool, then add whipped cream, then cut into slices and serve to your loved ones. I'm not saying it's an easy project. Did you ask for a recipe? It's very good. I appreciate it. I'm delicious. starving now. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is, in terms of if you like cake or you don't like cake or if you like pie, if you eat banana cream pie and like it, it's not the texture of regular pie or cake. It's just something different. We've run out of time, and I don't want to get an upset. We'll now we got Rick hockey. Ball on the court. Rick Ball coming up. That is uh, what you want to talk about. Damn, boy! Damn. Damn it's a folie. Damn it's a folie. This one's due. Damn it's a folie. Calgary Lock and Safe, your experts in automatic doors, service, and repairs and replacements. Visit CalgaryLockandSafe.com. Game day. Get your helmet on. See you tomorrow, buddies.